is time. Welcome tonight, those of you who are in the house and those of you who may be at home or in your car, at work, wherever you are. Welcome tonight. It is midweek and we are going to get into uh, the Word of God and what He has for us this evening. So uh, before we start, let's go ahead and just pray and just uh, help ourselves get our hearts where it needs to be to receive. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time together. I thank you, Father, that we're, uh, as we're intentional about coming together around the word of God, that we will receive that rhema word from God tonight and that we'll be able to immediately take action and that we'll see results in our life. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here with us and we open our ears, eyes, and heart to you and we receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I had a good time on Sunday. Did you have a good time on Sunday? We had lots of fun. It was wonderful. Yeah, the food was wonderful. The fellowship was even better. It was just really a wonderful time. So thank you for those who uh, helped bring that to fruition. And so uh, we know that Patty and Christina were the two main uh, individuals, but I know they had some help with setup, with uh, takedown, with, uh, you know, taking extra food home, <laughs> whatever you did. Maybe you thought you didn't do much. If you took a box home, you helped because <laughs> we didn't have to store it. And so it was just a wonderful time. I just thank you all uh, for coming and being a part of that. I know my uh, friend and coworker and her sisters that came, they just loved it. They love you all. They said, oh my goodness, this church is so friendly and so kind and so loving. And so thank you for being that way. Thank you for being you <laughs> because people love you. <laughs> they love all of you. So thank you for representing Jesus well. It was a good time. We're gonna do it again. Uh, so uh, our next Family Sunday is actually on October 31st. And so, you know, we did the uh, Halloween thing out here, the uh, harvest thing, uh, you know, hallelujah, whatever you want to call it, out here with the trick, uh, with the trunk or treat. We'll probably do something like that again uh, for the neighborhood, but we can start setting up after service, maybe get a food truck in here, get some food, pizza, popcorn, something, and just have a good time together again uh, in a couple months. And we just pray that the weather is warm. <laughs> I'm just thinking of last year and how cold it was. It was freezing, freezing, freezing. And so we just thank God for heat and, and a good mild winter in Jesus' name. All right, don't forget to sign up on the back table too for the Christmas, uh, well, November 27th, I think it is, for the Christmas Carol. Uh, we expect to have a good, uh, it's gonna be fun. It's something that we've not done so we want a good turnout. So let's see if we can get that bus at least half full. Come on now, at least half full. Uh, so get to work on your friends <laughs> and family and uh, let's uh, have a good time on that day. Hallelujah. So this evening, I wanna talk about something that I believe is going to help us on this journey that we're on, uh, this faith journey that we're on towards financial freedom. It will help us in all walks of uh, life, but it will help us on this journey. And this message is part of a series I'm going to call Leadership Lessons. Um, it, it's, it's a part of that. 
and um, from time to time, I'll do uh, a, another lesson in this series. Um, and you may think, I, I've done this before, I've done it even in this setting before, and I use the word leadership, and many will say, well, I'm not a leader, so this doesn't apply to me. Well, that's where you'll be wrong, uh, because this is not, um, leadership is simply influence. That's all leadership is. It's influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And everyone is leading someone. And at the very least, if you're not, you don't know of anyone that's looking to you for your leadership or your influence, uh, the highest form of leadership is leading yourself. And so you are leading yourself. And so um, also as a Christian, we're called to lead others to Jesus, influence. And so we are all leaders, okay? So when I say leadership lessons, if that bothers you and you won't receive because of that word leadership, change it to life lessons, if that's better for you. Change it to, this series is called life lessons. And so if it will help you to receive better, I want everybody to receive. Um, so today's lesson, as a part of this series, is on the law of priorities. The law of priorities. And the law of priorities says that leaders understand that activity is not necessarily accomplishment. Leaders understand that activity is not necessarily accomplishment. Now, something, you know, we need to know is that leaders, you, <laughs> never advance to a point in your life that you will never have to set another priority. We never arrive. We don't have destination disease where, okay, I've arrived. I don't need to set another priority. We're always evolving. There won't ever come a day in your life where you'll say, well, I've made it. And I don't need to prioritize any longer in my life. I don't care how old you are. That will never happen. It's something that we do every single day until we leave this planet. That's, that's just how it goes. And you may say, well, I don't necessarily agree with that. Well, it's true. <laughs> if you wake up tomorrow and you don't prioritize anything, you won't even set your alarm if that's your thought process. Will you get to work on time? <laughs> Will you brush your teeth before you go? Will you leave the house dressed? Because <laughs> we do first things first, don't we? I don't leave my house without putting clothes on. Priorities. <laughs> Everybody said, thank Jesus. <laughs> thank the Lord. Right? And so first things first. And so if you don't prioritize, you'll realize after a while that you're not accomplishing anything that's of significance. You may make a, get a little accomplishments here and there, but it won't be anything significant. Nothing. Nothing significant happens accidentally. It happens when we're intentional and when we prioritize. Everyone has priorities in your life. You do. I do. We all do. We've built them into our daily routines. And most of the time, we don't even know it. 
So let me ask you a question, and you can answer this. We'll take a minute so you can answer it. So who are the people who have priority in your life? Come on, throw some names out or people figures. Who are some people in your lives? Spouses, grandkids. Spouses, grandkids. We're in church. Is God? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm in the right church. <laughs> oh, someone said God. Okay, God. The word. Children. Right? So these are the people that we've given that space to. We've given that position to. They have priority in our lives. People in our lives. Well, some of us may not even realize that, oh, wait, they are priority. They are my priority. And so we've given those people, and why? Why? Let's answer that question. Why do they have that space in our life? They're important. Influence. We love them. Some may say, because it's supposed to be that way. <laughs> I'm supposed to put my spouse as a priority. A choice, I make a choice to do it. You value them. Good, good answers. And so those are reasons why we do it. Some may not even know the reason, but you have some reasons of why you do it. But did you notice that even though these people are special people in our lives, that spending time with them doesn't happen automatically sometimes, accidentally sometimes? It doesn't. Even though I've said they're a priority in my life, it doesn't always happen. There are many people who are dying spiritually because though they say God has priority in my life, they fail to spend time with him. There are married couples who are calling it quits even though you're my priority. But they're calling it quits on a daily basis because she or he doesn't feel loved anymore and they've been removed from that place of affection. There are families that are falling apart because mom and dad are busy providing for the kids rather than being mom and dad to the kids. Priorities, priorities. It, even though these are important people in our lives, we, don't, we have to make time, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen uh, that we spend time with them. We have to make time for that, make space for that, make room for that. There are ideas dying, unborn, because people are too busy to sit down and dream, sit down and plan. We're too busy. Priorities. Again, the law of priorities says leaders understand that activity is not necessarily accomplishment. Ever spend the day doing things like lots of things? I've done it. Lots of things like here and then turn around here and then let's go here and let's do this. And at the end of the day, you come home, you sit down, you put your feet up and you look around and you go, what in the world did I do today? What have I accomplished? What have I accomplished? I don't feel like I've accomplished much of anything. I was very busy, busy. But that doesn't mean I accomplished or achieved much. And so it's, uh, priorities will help us not to do that. I've done that many times, and not just once. I've done it a lot. Why is it that many don't practice the discipline of prioritizing? There are a few. One, we're too busy. <laughs> too busy. 
we think we're achieving because we're busy. And we know busyness does not equal productivity. It doesn't. Some people, I'm just busy for the Lord. Well, what, if, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing for him? What, you, what, what are you doing today for the Lord? What, you ate your Cheerios, okay, then what? You brushed your hair? I mean, like, what did you do for the Lord? Well, every day I get up, it's his breath in my lungs. Okay, but what are you doing for him? It's easy to say, I'm serving the Lord. But what are you doing on a daily basis? It's a behavioral thing. We'll get into that. Anyway, another reason people don't prioritize is because it requires us to think ahead, to know what's important, to know what's next, <laughs> to see how everything relates to the overall vision. And guess what that equates to? Hard work. It's work to do that. It is work. Another reason people don't prioritize is because prioritizing can cause us to do things that can be uncomfortable and sometimes painful. Outright painful. Recently I shared on, it might have been this past week, on one of our prayer calls about how in 2000, I made a decision to make God and serving him a priority in my life. Yeah, it's only been that long, since 2000. And so uh, I made that decision to make that a priority, pursuing God a priority. And uh, during that time, uh, I realized I had to change some things in my life, some things that I was doing. And one of the things that I had to change was who I was hanging out with. And this was really hard for me and painful for me because for me, the people I was hanging out with were my cousins. They were my family whom I loved dearly and still love dearly. And so, but what we were getting into wasn't bringing me closer to accomplishing that priority. It was moving me farther away from that priority. And so it was the painful time for me because I had to field calls and texts like, what, are you better than us now? And, and now I would answer that and say, no, I'm not better than you at all. I'm just different. <laughs> we just have different ways. Not better. But back then I didn't know how to answer it. I'm like, well, no, you know, I'm getting all worked up and, and I'm feeling, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of guilt and Okay, maybe I can do, but that's what I did all my life. And it didn't work for me. So I knew I couldn't play around with that. So I had that as a priority, and I had to draw that line in the sand, but it was painful. And I shared the revelation that God gave me. I'm not going to share that now, but uh, that helped me through that. But that, for me, was the moment of, it was a painful moment, but it was me setting a priority and sticking with it. And that's how priorities can be sometimes. You give up the good to get the great. You know what I mean? Like it's sacrifice. The law of sacrifice comes into play. And so that's what happened. So uh, many people won't prioritize because of the reasons I mentioned. And, you know, it's hard work. You have to think ahead. When I was a single parent <laughs> trying to, you know, raise two kids and uh, work full time, help my parents with the church, and uh, try to be everything to everyone, um, it was hard for me to sit down and think because I couldn't think past today. And when I sat down to think, 
you know, when you sit down to think, there's a lot of things that come up. And so the minute I would sit down to think at that point, oh, the thoughts that would come was, why is life so hard? Why am I always struggling doing the same thing over and over again? Why is it so hard? So then I know questions need an answer. So I'd sit there for a few minutes longer, and then the thoughts of guilt and shame would come. Well, if you had done the right thing, you wouldn't be struggling today. So I'd have to deal with those. Or the, you know, you should have, you could have, you didn't, so you won't. You know, those things. I had to kind of confront those things. So it, it was just not in my best interest for me to think. I couldn't think ahead. I couldn't even get past what was going on today. And so that's some of the reason why people won't prioritize. I didn't prioritize at the time. So what did I do? I just lived life by default. As things happened, I dealt with them. And I had to do it on the spot because I didn't plan ahead for it. So I was always broke. Never had money because I didn't save money. Didn't have plans. So when something broke, ah, money, got to get money. Okay, maybe I could work a little extra at my job. You know, I had to always go to that stuff. Um, if, if something happened with the kids, uh, knots in my stomach, and how, how am I going to do this? And so I lived life by default and not by design. Prioritizing is living a life by design. You see it coming. Why? Because you're not cluttered. Your mind is not cluttered with so many things of, okay, I got to try to anticipate what's going to come. And so because I don't have a clear conscience and I don't have a hear, an ear that can hear because I've got so many other things that are swirling around in this brain of mine. So now I got to try to anticipate. Now I'm anxious and worried. Now I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to stay ahead. But it doesn't work that way. That's not God's best for us. That's not his best. If we'll clear that conscience, if we'll clear those things, then we can hear the Holy Spirit. And he knows what's coming. And that's his job, is to show us things to come. And so uh, I had to constantly put out fires. And, uh, you know, the fires of life. Ever do that? Once you get into putting out one fire, get ready. Here comes more. If that's going to be the way you do things. And uh, I was living from one event to the next. My expectations were low, and my accomplishments matched my expectations. That's just how it went. How, what I expected, I got. And so there was a lot uh, of things that took place that didn't need to take place. I, I could have just kind of gone around it if I had planned better. Uh, and that's where a lot of people live. That's where. I would hear the saying, enjoy every moment. Now, I'm guilty of saying that now. But back then, I was like, what's so enjoyable about this moment? I don't want to live this moment. I want this moment to pass by and four more moments to pass with it. You know, get me to tomorrow. And I always thought, I always had this thing. I will go to bed, and tomorrow, everything will be fine. <laughs> I just, another day, just give me another day. Ever go to bed and be like, in the morning, this will all be gone. And you wake up and you're like, oh, it's still here. It's still here. Still here. I didn't get, it's not going to fix itself. We can't ignore it. And so uh, I've taught on the law of priorities outside of church. 
And in this church in the past, I've taught on this law. Many years ago, not many, it's, I'd say six years ago, uh, I taught on this um, in this setting. And um, this is the part where I would talk about shifting our thinking. I would get into the Pareto principle. I would get into the three R's. We could do that another day. Uh, but this is where I would get into those things and talk about how to do this and the steps to take and all of that. And when I first started studying for this lesson, that's the direction I was going in. I said, okay, uh, Lord, you're talking about the, the law of priorities. This is what I know. And so I'm going to teach what I know. And so as I started to do it, right before I came, we were a little late. I got here at 6.30, wanted to be here earlier. I was still typing the latter part of this message because he was showing me where we were headed. And it's, so it's hot off the press. I've never taught this before concerning the law of priorities. But it's a place that he wants us to go. And so we're going to follow his direction. And here's the thing. The last time I taught on this, it wasn't on this particular subject, but it was a leadership lesson here in this church. It was about six years ago. Uh, maybe about five years for that, I taught on it and I completely forgot about the interaction I'm going to tell you about. I completely forgot about it, but it came to my awareness as I was doing this study for this lesson. And I wondered why it did, and then God showed me why, and then we're moving past that. But I forgot about this interaction. After I had done a teaching on a leadership lesson. And whenever I teach on leadership, when I'm here in the church, I try to put scripture to it because that's where it comes from. It's from the Bible. But uh, I was teaching on a subject that's not the Holy Spirit or Jesus. You know what I mean? It was a leadership lesson. And so, but it had scripture to it. Someone came to me, no longer here, and they said, you know, I prefer Bible study. That kind of stuff, I don't feel we need. We need Bible study. And so, to be honest with you, I knew the person, knew the background, dismissed it. I was like, okay, whatever. That's how you feel. Some people feel that way. So I dismissed it. And I had not given it thought until it came to my awareness <laughs> as I was typing this. If you've noticed, if you've been in the church for any amount of time, I've not taught leadership from this pulpit in quite a long time, quite a while. I've not taught it. I've not taught on any of the laws. I'll put it in my message here and there, but I've not taught it. So God said, why aren't you teaching on leadership? You, you have leaders in the church. Everybody's a leader. He brought that back to me. Isn't, don't you say? <laughs> We're all called to lead. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And that interaction came back into my awareness. And I said, oh, I allow, even though I dismissed it, I didn't dismiss it. I've stopped teaching it because of that interaction. And so any time that I would sit, I was going to continue the series that we were on, and I just put a stop to it right in the middle of it. I wasn't senior pastor at the time. I was doing Wednesday nights and stuff. I just said, done. You can move on to something else. And so God got on to me for that. And so, but he's showing me how to do it 
differently. And so, and he also showed me it is Bible. <laughs> so let's just, let's just take a few moments and let's just look at this real quick. Um, the Holy Spirit's good. He gave me a word as I was studying this on the law of pri uh, priority. He gave me a word, a single word, and I, it will resonate with us folk. You know what I mean? Church people, word people, spirit-filled people. It's going to resonate with us, and it's going to pull it all together for us. And I'll share that word with you in a minute. But it's the why for the law of priority. It's the why. And so I'll share that word. Why does a Christian need to practice the discipline of prioritizing? And we're going to look at it, but first let me say this. Prioritizing is vital in the kingdom of God. Can anyone tell me what Matthew 6, 33 says? Seek when? First priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. God tells us how to prioritize the kingdom. He tells us how to do it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. We, we seek the kingdom of God and his way of doing things first. First things first. That's our priority. This is Bible. This is the word of God. And uh, many people are not living a successful or significant Christian life because they have not put first things first. They haven't. This is not their priority. But I've said it before. And I'll say it again. The way we do anything is the way we do everything. If we don't believe that prioritizing things is an important discipline for our natural daily lives, then we're probably not going to do it for our spiritual life. We're probably not going to do it. Successful people prioritize. Stephen Covey said this, organize and execute around priorities. I won't even get into the statistics of how much time we waste because we don't prioritize. Now turn over to John chapter 15 with me, and we're going to talk about this word here. And I'm just going to read this from the New Living, and I'm going to read starting in verse 1. Just bear with me. It, it may seem a little long, but I'm going to read it. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 8, this is to my Father's glory 
that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Did you hear that? As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I will no longer, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. You are an insider with inside information. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I added that. That's not in the New Living. Sorry. I guess I should add that. <laughs> Verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and what? Bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So here's the word the Holy Spirit brought to my awareness, to my remembrance, fruitfulness. Why do you, as a Christian, need to prioritize fruitfulness so you can bear much fruit? That's why you need to prioritize. That's why this message is relevant to the church. That's why it's relevant. We need to so we can bear much fruit. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 and 10 says, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then uh, in uh, the, uh, a different translation, it says, then the way you live will also always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. <laughs> Did you see what Paul is saying here? It's not until we receive knowledge, spiritual wisdom, and understanding that we can live a life fully pleasing to the Lord and bear much fruit. That's why Jesus tells us in John chapter 15 to stay connected to the vine. It tells us what happens when we're connected to the vine. And it tells us what happens when we're not. <laughs> and so the knowledge that Paul is talking about here is not just filling our head with facts about Jesus and the Bible. It's about receiving the truth, the word of God that penetrates our heart. And as we begin to walk it out, it changes behaviors. It changes fruit. It changes it. It changes it. See, fruitfulness shows up not in how much facts we know, but it shows up in what we do. Show me. Don't tell me. <laughs> Show me. Don't tell me. 
And so it shows up. <laughs> Show me state. Is that, is that what that state is? <laughs> I think that's, I think it's the show me state. Yeah. So, yeah. So the fruit is our behavior, our attitude, our talk, our thoughts. These are the fruits, right? Remember the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five. I think Pastor Justin mentioned that 522. Love is one of them. That's a behavior there, uh, not that's a behavior. There's a behavior that accompanies love. There's a behavior that accompanies love. And I don't mean, I'm trying to walk in love. I'm trying. When are we going to stop trying and do it? When are we going to stop trying? What day are we going to stop trying and we actually do it? We say, I'm, try I'm trying to walk in love. Okay, if that's what you're calling it. I hear people say that all the time, and I say it too. I'm guilty of saying this. I'm a work in progress in this area with my weight. Work in progress. You do know progress means seeing improvement every single day. Progress is moving forward, and doing something every day. And the word work, for the record, means exertion. <laughs> to exert oneself into a place where he's producing results. That's work. That's work. I'm a work in progress means I'm actually doing something. It's not just, well, one day it's just going to automatically and accidentally happen. I'm waiting for that, just, to, just for it to happen. I'm just going to wait for it to happen. And so we need to be honest with our words. You know, I'm, I'm a work in progress in that area. Oh, okay, so what did you do today to work on that progress? Ask yourself that question. So what did you do? What did you do to move you one step closer to that? Oh, oh, yeah. No, we're lying to ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. And the devil knows it. He loves it. He wants to keep us deceived in this area. Just keep saying, you're a work in progress. God's working on me. Um, he wants you to work on yourself. <laughs> He's given you all the tools to do it. <laughs> He's empowered and equipped you to do it. What's God doing? He's done everything and made a way for you to work on yourself. And he'll help you even when you engage him to do it. He'll help. But you've got to order my steps. Well, move your feet first. So I got something to order. <laughs> I got something to direct. And so remember that it's not, <laughs> it's not just about saying and, and knowing. I, I know all this. Behavior must accompany it. Behavior has to accompany what you know. Fruit. Fruit. No one has ever landed on the top of a mountain accidentally unless their plane crashed. Then we know what happened to them. No, it took a lot of work to climb that mountain to get to the top. You don't just land on it. Woohoo, I'm here. No, it's work. It's work. John was talking to us today during his closing uh, ceremony for the, during his last talk with us for our conference. And he said uh, he had done, you know, like a three-day event like he kind of did for us. But it was with a group of people and a young man 
came up to him at the end and said, ah, I have a question. He said, yeah, sure. He's like, how can I do what you do? I want to do what you do. And John said, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. He said, will you do what I did? <laughs> will you do what I did? He said, everybody wants to do what I do. Everybody wants to write 86 books, have all of them be on the number one bestsellers list. Everyone wants to go speak to these large, you know, Fortune 500 companies, get in your private jet, fly to your home on a golf course. Everybody wants to do that. But do you want to do what I did to get here, to enjoy all this? Because it took consistency. It took priorities. John is the one who wrote the book, literally, on the law of priorities. 21 irrefutable laws of leadership was written by John. That's where I get the law of priorities. He, he did it. He teaches what he did. But we want to do what he does, but we don't want to do what he did. And so people want that. They want, oh, they see, we see the people, you know, when I was young, I grew up CCM, contemporary Christian music growing up, and Sandy Patty was, woo, we wanted to sing like Sandy Patty, my poor mom, because Sandy Patty had, can sing, you know, eight octaves here. You know, and so it started off low, and then it went all the way up to the moon, you know, and breaking glass. And so we wanted to be like Sandy Patty, and we wanted to, oh, the higher you went, the better you went. And so we were like, until we, we hit that note on and, and We Shall Behold Him, that last note, you know, um, Savior and Lord, you know, it, all the way up there, until we hit that note, we hadn't practiced enough. We didn't practice enough, me, Lisa, and Maddie. And so that was like our, woo, we got to get that down. Well, we did that for a good, I don't know, good ten, nine, ten years. We did it for a long time. But I can assure you that Sandy Patty did it for longer than that, for the two hours that we would spend. And we spent a lot of time, lots of time. But I'm sure she did a lot more things than we did, just practicing and this and that and this and that. And so it's, it's we've got to know. <laughs> that priorities and doing these things, we've got to do it. it it's not just saying we want to do it. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. And so the important part of priorities is we've got to set them and then manage them. It's an everyday thing, an everyday thing. And seek first the kingdom of God. That's every day I have to. Seek first the kingdom of God. I don't seek first the kingdom of God today and remember to do it again next Thursday. That's not how this works. It's, that's not how I develop a lifestyle of seeking first the kingdom of God. Oh, I went to church. I heard a good message today. So tonight I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. First thing in the morning, set my alarm. I'm going to spend time with the Lord first thing. Woohoo! Did it. Okay, by Sunday, oh, I need to go back to church again because... I'm getting worn out. No, that's not how this goes. That's not how this goes. It's an everyday thing. I don't struggle in the morning when I get out of bed and go, oh, I have to brush my teeth again. I've been doing it for 
47 or 48 years, however old I am. I've been doing it for, I think I'm 48. 48 years. We finally figured out, yes, I'm 48, because when we sat with Steve and Kyle, we figured out I'm 48. So everybody, I'm 48. And so um, I, I had to brush my teeth uh, every day since I was a kid, since she taught me. I don't struggle and go, such a chore to brush my teeth. Maybe I don't have to brush my teeth today. No, it's just natural for me to brush my teeth. I don't struggle with, I don't feel like dressing up today. I don't want to put a shirt on. I put a shirt on every day. It's, that's what I do. It's a priority for me. I put a shirt on. <laughs> and so that's something that, it, that's how the word of God in seeking first his kingdom should be. It comes naturally. It comes naturally. Because it's a priority to me. And that's with anything that we prioritize. The plan that we're doing, financial plan that we're doing, same with that. It's, it's a plan. And there are com competing commitments, aren't there? Competing commitments. Ooh, I got that extra money. I can go shopping. Or, ooh, I want to pay this towards the plan. Competing com commitments. If I prioritize, I don't have to worry about that. It won't be competing. It won't. Because I already know what my priority is. And so prioritizing is so important. If you look at John 13, 35, it says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. How will they know if we love one another? Well, remember, the fruit that we bear is how they'll know. And one of the fruits that he mentions here, he happens to mention love, right? Matthew 7, 19, 20, verse 20, he breaks it down even more. Jesus said, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. In the New Living, it says, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. We say we're followers of Jesus. Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Fruitfulness. God wants us to bear much fruit. And in order to do this, we've got to make it a priority. If we can set and manage priorities in general, if we can't do that, if we, if we have a hard time setting and managing priorities in general, just any priority we set, I don't know how to do this, it doesn't happen for me, you know, whatever it is, if we can't manage that, how are we going to manage this most important spiritual priority where the devil is fighting against us to do it because he's got his own agenda? How are we going to do it if we can't learn how to do it in the natural, and we can't commit to doing it in the natural. And so, it, you know, it wasn't until I began to prioritize my life that I began to get clarity as to where God had me headed. When I wasn't prioritizing, again, I couldn't see past what was going on in my life at that moment. The minute I began to prioritize, clarity came because I could start moving in that direction. And so uh, Psalm 37, 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. God wants to show you details of your life that you don't even know yet. But that can only come by sitting at his feet. 
And if you don't prioritize your life, I can tell you that sitting at his feet will be the last thing that you think about before you go to bed. And you'll say, oh, I got to sit at his feet. I got to hear some details about my life. And you'll sit down and you will feel like you haven't slept in three weeks. You will be exhausted. A sleep will come over you and you'll be like, oh, no, I got to go to bed. I'll do it tomorrow. Why? Because it's not a priority. It's not a priority for you to sit at his feet, get the details of your life. Your life would be so much better. Oh, I know it would be better if I just, ah, if I could just, you can, if you make it a priority. <laughs> because the enemy knows, this is why he fights so hard against us to get this. He knows that when you make it a priority <laughs> to draw near to God, what happens? He draws near to you, and you begin to get the mind of Christ concerning your life. You begin to get the details of your life. You begin to get the next step that he has for you. And as you do that, confidence begins to come. And as you do that, <laughs> you begin to get bold in the steps that you take, and you begin to get bold in your witness for him. Then your voice starts to get louder. Your impact starts to get greater. Now you're living a life of significance, and you become a mighty, moving force for God in your world in your sphere of influence, and the devil knows it, and that's why he fights us. That's why he fights us. But I'm telling you, the law of priorities, I'm not going to get into how you set them up, how you manage them. You want a class on that? We can do that another time. Google it. You can probably find some good tips. <laughs> you can find some good tips. But I was led to encourage us about the why we need to set priorities. Get off that hamster wheel. Get off the hamster wheel. With priorities, you'll get off it. You'll stop repeating the same mistakes. You'll stop getting into the same thing over and over again, that rut, feeling like it's the same thing every day. Well, yeah, it is because you haven't made a change. <laughs> Insanity, doing the same thing every day and thinking things are gonna change, no. Get off the hamster wheel. What are your priorities? If I asked you right now, sat down with you, did a coaching session with you, I said, hey, what are your five priorities right now in your life? What are they? I don't mean people, I mean for you, yourself. What are your top five priorities in your life right now? What are you working on? Most people can't tell you. I need to know. I'm not, I'm not nobody to do. Yeah, you need to know. You need to know what your priorities are. Because how do you know where you're headed if you don't have priorities? Hallelujah. So that's the message. Fruitfulness and the law of priorities. That's our why. I need to have priorities because I want to bear so much fruit for my father. 
I want to bear fruit. I want to be that person that when they look at me, they don't go, wow, she knows a lot. She, oh my gosh, you know, that's, I don't care about that. I don't care if I don't know anything. <laughs> I just want to be bearing fruit. <laughs> I want to be bearing fruit that leads others to him. Because that's what it's all about. That's why we're here. That's why he's positioned us in the place he has us in right at this very moment. You are in the place you are right now for a purpose. For a purpose. There is a purpose where you are right now in your life. And if you don't know what that is, you need to find out. You need to ask the Holy Spirit, why, why am I here? What is my purpose? And I'm telling you, the law of priorities, just because you're busy and doing a lot of things doesn't mean that you're accomplishing much. But you can change that. And you can be intentional about the things you do get into, the things you do do. That's priorities. I am going to be intentional with this plan for financial freedom, protecting my uh, investments, and building wealth. I'm going to be very intentional with everything I do. Do I need that big TV? I've got two. Probably don't need it. Let me put money towards the plan, right? Before, we'd be like, what's a, uh, two is not enough. I need one more. Let's put it in this room. You know what I mean? But now it's, it, it's a priority. I got to get out of debt here because I got to do the next step, which is to protect my, safeguard my investments and build wealth. I got to get to that build wealth. Why? Because I need to be giving I need to be giving unrestrained, unrestrained, unrestrained. I don't want to be restrained in my giving. I want to be able to give when God says, look, <laughs> that person needs a new tire on their car. You walk by it, you're like, ooh, their tire looks like it's going. Ooh, all four of them do. I got I to gotta buy tires for that person. I got to get tires for them. Not... Do I have enough? Okay, if I give them tires, what am I going to have to give up? No. I want to be able to go, here you go. Here's four brand new tires. Here, I'll take it with you. I'll take it. I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to pour money into the kingdom of God and bring that number down of people who don't know Jesus and have never heard of him. I want to be a person who brings that number down from 4.7 billion or whatever it is. I want to be the person who helps do that. That's so big in my heart to do. And when we prioritize, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. It's very easy to do. And now you've got tons of tools to help. There are tons of tools to help you prioritize. One very good one is the timer and the alarm on your phone. One very good one. Use it. Use it. Use it. Because you could get distracted easily. You have a problem with clutter and you need to clean? Set it for 15, 20 minutes. That's it. Just 15, 20 minutes. Start with the things you can see. Okay? I can see the stuff in this room right here. I'm in here the most. Start with what you can see. Clean it up. When that goes off, you're done. Stop it. You're done. Because you know what happens. You open the drawer and you go, that's where this was. Oh, I need to go look up and see if this coupon is still good. Then you get on the thing. Oh, so-and-so messaged me. Oh, what does he have to say? Oh, look at the picture he sent me. You know, that makes me think. I need, there was a recipe that I got. 
By the time you're done, you're like, what did I do today? I spent 20 hours on social media. You know what I mean? That's how it can go. Set the alarm. Priorities. This is how unrestrained we are in what we do. We don't think about it. We just go from one activity to the other, not being intentional. And so God is, is teaching us something. He's getting us to be just sharp. He's getting us to get our stuff together so we can be in the right place that he's called us to. We're not going to be off here somewhere worried about what's going on over here. We're going to be right in position for whatever he has for us. Amen? Glory to God. Are you ready to give tonight? Bless the Lord. You can raise your hands if you need an envelope here. Uh, Mr. Donnie will assist you. Glory. Hallelujah. If you are online, you can click on the uh, link that's there and you can uh, give. Praise God. And, you know, I was listening to uh, the news. I don't listen to a lot of news, but we were praying for uh, uh, Louisiana and the things going on there. And uh, Brother Jesse gave an update about his church, and he said um, they had some damage, but it wasn't bad. It was uh, just like roofing stuff and uh, very cosmetic things. So their house was fine. They had like 168-mile-an-hour winds. And so he said, uh, he goes, it was, he said, it was, he, he looked out his backyard. A lot of people had um, um, sustained a lot of damage. And so he uh, said that he felt very blessed to, to not have to, uh, that that didn't happen to him. And then you see with uh, the situation in Afghanistan, and, and Jesse is there, boots on the ground. He didn't evacuate, so he can be a help to others who are there. He can help with money. He can help with whatever supplies and things they need. Then you see that Brother Copeland lent his jet out to Glenn Beck. They got out a bunch of people and gave about $15 million that's to it. Yeah, that's unrestrained gift. That they saw a need, and instead of going, Lord, I just, I'm going to pray because I can't go. I don't have the means to do much. Here's my $20. No. They made a significant contribution, didn't they? Yeah. To whom much is given, much is required. And so I, I want to be that much required. I'm like, Lord, require much of me because that means I have it to give. I have it to give. And so I want to get to that place where I'm like, oh, you need a Land Rover because you can't get to those uh, parts of the country that haven't heard of Jesus. You know what? Here you go. I bought you one, sending it, shipping it to you, paying for all that. Here you go. Now you can go to the uttermost parts of the world with the gospel. That is just one day I'm going to do it. And it's going to be one day very soon. One day very soon. Because it's so hot in my heart. It's just getting bigger and bigger. I know I'm going to be doing that. That's my whole goal of getting out of debt. I want my kids to have their, you know, all that. I, that's, I want that. I want to be able to provide and do something significant for my family, for this church. I want to have an impact in the last day harvest. That's my heart. And I know that's the heart of you here in this church. I know that's the heart of you here in this church. And so uh, as we give just keep that in mind. Make it a priority to give. Make sure that tithing is a priority for you. I mean, you're not going to have that protection. That's your protection plan. Don't say, you know what? I'm not going to take that protection plan. Have that protection plan. Don't defer it. Take it. <laughs> and all that is is giving that 10%. That's it. That's all he asks. <laughs> 
and we give that 10%, it's not for him, it's for you. That's the best protection plan you can, can have. And so you give that tithe, that's a priority. I don't care what else, make that a priority. Like brushing your teeth, I'm going to do it every week. I don't care what comes up, I don't care what happens, I'm going to do it every week. And so we make that a priority when we give. And then on top of that, over and above, we name our seed. We call in the things that God has, has told us we need for ministry or we need whatever it is. We call that in. Amen? Father, we thank you. We're so grateful to you. Stand with me as we close. Hallelujah. We're just going to change the energy in the room a little bit. Father, we just thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise and honor, yes. thanksgiving. Thank you. thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, that you are always giving to us. You are always giving. You are a giver. Yes. Thank you for being a, such a great example of someone who gives. We have an example to follow. So thank you for it. Thank you, Father God, for showing us exactly how to give, when to give, with what heart and attitude to give. We make it a priority to learn more about it. And we're also good receivers. When you give to us through someone else, we receive it. Even if it's a compliment, we receive it. We say, thank you very much. We receive it. When someone tries to give us money, whatever it is, we say, thank you. I receive it and God bless you. I thank you, Father, that we are good givers and good receivers. And we invest in your kingdom and we see, Father God, multiplication in Jesus' name. I thank you for the hundredfold return in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We can give tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. Okay, so I've got my volume up here. Thank you for uh, joining us tonight. Those of you watching online, I pray that you received something from the Lord, that it was a blessing to you and that it helped you. Uh, those of you here, uh, the same. And just ask God, what's one thing I can do uh, to move this forward? I want some progress in this area. What's one thing I can wake up in the morning and, and start doing? And just do one thing. The problem is, is we try to do 20. Oh, she said I need priority. Okay, here's my list of 25 priorities. Don't do that. You're going to get discouraged. Start with one. Get that one down and then add some more. Add some more. Just start with the one. You do 20, you know, if you never ate vegetables in your life, don't try to eat three servings of vegetables in one sitting. You're not going to do it. It's going to not be tasting good to you, and you're not going to do it tomorrow. Don't start with yeah, yeah, don't start with kale. This is Henry's uh, advice to you, and I have to put a ditto on the end of that. Do not start with kale, and I might add Brussels sprouts. Don't start with those two things. You might want to start with like peas and carrots, even though, or peas and corn, even though those have a lot of carbs. But do your research. All right. So God bless you. I love you all. And